welcome to Fast Fiction. Photo finish. Coral Harley was loved and admired by women and children and men, especially John King. But then John King could well be described as being bewitched by her. For two years, he had watched her, followed her, and whenever possible, he had used his camera to capture in film what he could not have in real life. The proof of these labors were displayed on the walls of his basement, where Coral's photographs were crowded on every surface. No one but John King had seen these, of course. But now his son Gavin, visiting his father for the first time in three years, looked around the room in a mixture of amazement and intrigue. What the bloody hell have you been up to, Dad? Gavin exploded as his father furtively tried to put some of the more intimate pictures from view. They're uh, art photos, his father muttered unconvincingly. Like hell they are, was Gavin's response as he wandered around the room. She used to do a little modelling down at the wedding shop, his father said. Then, deciding to relieve himself of the burden of secrecy, continued more fully. We went out a few times, but she dumped me after a month or two. I should damn well think so. She looks half your age, Gavin said with scorn. He gesticulated around the room. Isn't this considered stalking? There's no harm in it. I don't hurt her. She doesn't even know I'm there. The older man spoke defensively and with a hint of regret. He thought of the many lonely hours spent waiting, often in the burning heat or pounding rain, for the mere chance of a glimpse of his beloved. I must say she's a real dazzler. Gavin nodded enviously. No wonder she dumped you. Then a little more kindly, and intending to be jocular, he added, So, you're carrying the hots for her, are you? You dirty old man. John King found himself trembling with frustrated rage. I tell you, it's not like that, he shouted. I wouldn't touch a hair on her head. All right, Dad, only joking. Gavin tried to snuff the fuse he had unwittingly lit, and with a knowing little smile said, It's good to know the torch is still burning, Pop. Good for you. John King was wrong when he said that Coral didn't know of his existence. She couldn't help notice him. He seemed to be everywhere she went. In fact, for a brief while, she had been flattered and even encouraged him to take photographs that she felt would be helpful for her modelling career. But once she had the big, glossy prints and negatives, she had dismissed him and simply tolerated him as you would a fly that was buzzing somewhere in the room, but not bothering you. And now a new man had come into her life, and it was time to eliminate the indiscrepancies of the past. She had given the problem some thought and listed her options. She could speak to John, and in a ladylike fashion tell him to piss off, but knew this would be only a temporary solution. He would apologise profusely, then reappear back in her life, somewhere, sometime later, resuming his demoniac photographic extravaganzas from any possible hideaway. She could contact the police, but knew that until the man committed an actual crime, they could do little. Which left her with her final option, her witchcraft. She gave this possibility even more thought, 
Carl was not well versed in the occult. She had merely attended a few seances, learnt to read the tarots, and acquired odd bits of Celtic jewellery with supposed healing powers. But, like many young people disillusioned with social conventions, she had introduced a few alternative strategies into her life, learnt from New Age bookshops. Although used as a last resort, she had not been entirely without success. She browsed through the book of spells and incantations and began idly playing with a piece of clay. Slowly, as if guided by themselves, her fingers began to mould a figure. When it was complete, she went to the garbage and unwrapped the leftovers from last night's dinner. With nose wrinkled against the smell, she extracted a small fishbone before rewrapping the trash and depositing it back in the garbage. Now she went to a cabinet which stored her professional photos and rummaged around until she found a small selfie her expo had shyly taken of them together, his face glowing with pride and happiness as he stood beside her. Perfect, she said to herself and took it downstairs to the kitchen. With infinite care, she extracted the photo and placed it on the shoulders of her headless clay figure. Then, with precision, she slowly inserted the fishbone into the mouth. Finally, picking up a small piece of thread, she began to wrap it around the neck of her figurine, muttering the appropriate incantations over and over as she pushed the chain tighter and tighter. The telephone rang unexpectedly, and Coral, her concentration now lost, threw the toy aside in order to seduce her new bow over the electronic airwaves. Less than a week later, it seemed ironic to Gavin that after such a long time away, he was back in the basement again so soon. His father lay upstairs, looking neater and more acceptable than he had in years. The undertaker had made sure of that. In a few minutes, a hearse would arrive and take him to the crematorium, where John King would soon be reduced to nothing more than a mixture of vapour and ash and memory. Gavin looked around the room feeling a slight sense of loss, but a great sense of exasperation. He desperately wanted to do the best for the father he hardly knew. But what? On impulse, he began to pull a few of Coral's photographs from the wall. At first, he was selective taking the best, the sharpest, the most appealing. But gradually he warmed to the task and methodically removed the photos one by one, stacking them neatly into three huge piles. His job done, he rummaged around his father's desk, eventually finding three large envelopes. With the photographs enclosed inside and a final look around the now barren room, he went upstairs just in time to answer the knock at the door. Mr. Gavin King? The sombre-clad figure stood with a sepulchral smile on his face. May we, at Ultimate Services, offer our condolences on your bereavement, sir. Gavin allowed the men in and removed himself to the kitchen whilst they went upstairs to do their job. He hovered between the coffee pot and the sherry before finally deciding on the latter. A minute or two later, fortified slightly against his sorrow, he went to speak with the representative of Ultimate Services. I would like to put these into the casket with my father, said Gavin, 
handing over the bulky envelopes. The man in black looked startled as he took them. They're, uh, they're rather big, he said doubtfully. Gavin nodded distractedly, ushering them to the door. The man coughed. I'm, uh, I'm afraid they'll look a trifle odd, sir, crammed, if you know what I mean. Gavin stared at him. I wasn't aware we were trying to bury my father as a designer corpse, he said sarcastically. The contents of these envelopes meant a great deal to him, and I would like them to be with him at the end. Of course. Ultimate services were known for their tact and discretion, and backed off immediately. We will see you at the chapel tomorrow, sir, for the service, and uh, to complete the uh, financial details. The remark posed as a question was said in retreat, and the hearse departed with the last remains of John King. The next day, Coral Harley was standing arm in arm with her brand new fiancé, arranging details with the wedding photographer. You say John King no longer works here, she said with slight satisfaction in her voice. Unfortunately, no, miss, the assistant ventured. I'm afraid Mr. King suffered a terrible accident a few days ago. He choked on a fishbone and asphyxiated. She looked at her watch. As a matter of fact, he's being cremated shortly at 11am this morning. Who's John King? asked the new man in her life as they left the shop a minute or two later. An old flame? You could say that, said Coral as she removed her jacket. Suddenly, the town square clock began to strike eleven. As the chimes resonated around her, Coral began to feel uncomfortably warm and gasped for air. She pulled at her throat, loosening buttons as she ripped at her blouse. Her face turned red and her eyes bulged. Her body seemed to expand like a balloon. And then, with a whoosh of air, it began to deflate and wrinkle like dry parchment. Her lover gazed in fear and horror. People passing by stood and watched in amazement. The air was electric. And then, in a swirling updraft, the last remains of Coral Harley began to disappear into a mixture of vapour and ash. Newspaper headlines next day were bold and blazoned a curious photograph of a small stain on the pavement. Beneath it, the caption read, The last remains of Coral Harley, victim of spontaneous combustion. You have been listening to Photo Finish, written by Brianda Cross and performed by Brianda Cross, John Cross and Trevor Bell.